Speak hard with us. Hello, art lovers. This is RJ Fadel on ArtPod. Speak art with us. So on ArtPod, we bring you guys artist interviews, news, and lots of new interesting stuff from all over the art world. Artists use different platforms to showcase their creativity to the rest of the world. There are many types of platforms, so today's discussion is just about that. Both platforms like art galleries and live art events are used by both beginners and professional artists. Sometimes the range of exposure and recognition from all those platforms are totally different. I've been to many galleries and art events with my brother. When an artist is painting in public, whether it's a commission piece or on the spot live painting events, when people pass by, some people may stop there, struck by seeing a stunning masterpiece in the making. And they might commission the artist to paint a portrait of themselves. I've seen my brother getting portrait commissions from the visitors during the school national day celebrations. Whereas the case with art galleries, one thing I agree is that the artworks are there, but the artists are not there. Instead of them, the curator is there. What I really like about live art shows is that you are painting to a mood you are in or a tune of a song stuck in your head. A very great example of an art community doing live shows here in the UAE is the blank canvas community. This is just an opinion from my point of view. What's your opinion? So up next, we have an artist interview. Stay tuned to ArtPod. This is Fadel with you. She's an Australian painter who works from life, primarily in oil paint or charcoal. Using the traditional materials and techniques of the 19th century European masters. So now we have artist Hannah Sutton with us on ArtPod. Hello, Fidel. Thanks for inviting me to speak on the show. She mostly paints portraits, still lifes, and landscape that have a pre 19th century feel. So, once again, welcome to the show. So, first of all, can you tell us more about your personal background? My personal background, right. So, I am Australian and I was born and raised in a very, what would be considered by most as a really remote community um, on a farm um, out in like, not outback, but like the bush, the Australian bush. And uh, out there, you know, everybody's really honest and hardworking and it's a very tight-knit small community of people and uh, I think from a young age I knew that uh, though I loved it there I needed to do something really creative with my life and I wanted I wanted to pursue that so as soon as I came of age when I was 18 I moved to Melbourne, the nearest city, and I and I started getting a, um, a degree in design. Um, at the time, my parents were very supportive of my creativity, but not necessarily, you know, a farming family. You don't really want. Um, it's not a real career to be to be an artist. So I think I went for the safe something safe for a start, and I did graphic design for many years. I ran my own, I worked in a studio for many years. I then started up my own business, a design business, um, worked with many, many clients, and that was 
an amazing experience and taught me a lot about um, being creative, but also being like responsibly creative and responding to other people's needs creatively, which was very good. But I needed, I needed something more, which I, which is why I continued to pursue fine art, in particular painting and drawing. Um, yeah, as ever since I was a little kid, I think every every little kid is an artist. I think we all unlearn to be artists when we get to our teenage years and when we become adults. So um, obviously I've been I've been painting and drawing all my life in one way or another. What made you give up your life in Australia and move to Italy to study art? What motivated you to do so? Yeah, the, the pivotal moment for me in deciding to leave everything behind and pursue art was I was in Melbourne at the time several years ago and I met the artist Richard Payne and he had just returned from the Florence Academy of Art in Italy and I was looking at his drawings and I saw what I know now to be a, a study after Master Bug of um, it's called the Belvedere torso and this drawing had me frozen on the spot I just had no idea that anybody um, could draw like that and I had no idea that people were still being taught how to draw like that um, so classically so accurately and in that moment I made a promise to myself that I had to go there too I had to go to Italy and I had to learn this and man, I mean, it takes a lot of sacrifice um, to kind of pack up your life and move to another country in pursuit of learning something. But um, luckily I, I did it at, at an age where it was still possible. But I mean, yeah, it took so much planning. It took so much bravery to just to, to actually tell everybody and tell my family and friends, oh, I, I need to do this. I'm. I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to do this and man I'm I'm so glad that I did but yeah the the decision the decisive movement all came from just seeing that one drawing and wanting that wanting to learn how to do that too how was the learning experience from your art mentor Richard Payne and the instruction you received at Florence Academy of Art so learning to paint in like a classical method is definitely the hard path. <laughs> I think if you want to make yourself feel like you are really capable and really good at what you're doing when it comes to art, like you want to do a painting and step back and be like, yeah, I really painted that well, then this kind of training is not for you. <laughs> it's like it is an attack on the ego because we're asked to Basically, the academies don't work like a university. You come in full-time, like six, eight, ten hours a day, every day up to like six days a week, seven days if you're really crazy, and you are painting from life all the time. You're standing up, mixing your palette, painting from a live model or a still life, and up to four times a day, uh, a teacher will come and assess your work and give you a very honest and very thorough critique of how your painting is going. And it is 
it is very uh, objective. It's not, you cannot argue against this critique. It's not just their personal opinion. It is, you know, they'll come up and be like, huh, you know, the anatomy is wrong. Or, and you can't argue against the, an anatomical figure. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, they'll have everything to say about your work. So it is confronting. You have to be humble. You have to learn how to get better. You have to learn how to take the advice and the learning curve is incredibly steep. I felt like in the first year, I felt like my brain was melting. I just had taken so much information on board, but you see the results really quickly and you start not even recognizing your own work anymore you know you any any sort of technique and um and your old like habits they get washed away and you you learn new newer and more important and fundamental things about painting that make your painting stronger um, and give you really really amazing tools that you can always rely on when you go to make your own creative work in the future you know i know how to mix my palette i know how to start i know how to paint from life i know how to paint from imagination if i need to i know how light works uh, i know how to make a portrait engaging i know how to compose a painting you can't learn these things by yourself so that kind of instruction i found to be incredibly valuable your artworks have a 19th century feel can you share with us how you do this thanks i my work is very like old fashioned looking because um i'm spending a lot of time painting them um i'm painting them from life not using a photograph or anything just looking and using techniques that were used in like the 19th century and previously uh such as like side size where you line up the like let's say you have a, a portrait and you make the canvas size the same size as the person so it's all um life size everything um and i use very old school like oil paints and techniques um i mix my palette in a really specific way where i mix like from darkest to lightest in like a string of values very methodically i don't mix anything with my brush i like pre-mix stuff that that helps organize the the painting and make it orderly and yeah just getting putting enough time into it i reckon if you want to paint realistically then definitely think about like how many hours you want to put into your drawing or painting and then times that by 10 and that's probably more of the the time um that it takes to really produce like a high quality realistic work um especially when you're starting out um i used to think that i could make a realistic drawing um in like a couple of hours but actually when you're starting out um you probably need like yeah 10 40 100 hours to make a really beautiful drawing and putting that time in make sure that eventually yeah you get it right eventually it becomes more and more accurate and that's the key to doing stuff really realistically so that was artist hana sutton here with us on artbot thank you fidel i've had a lovely time and it has been a pleasure if you would like to see more of hana's artworks then head on to www.hanasachin.art once again thank you for tuning into artpod this is fadil with you 
Stay stronger and speak art with us.